Bonjour, it's me, not the Geordie Prince. Welcome to episode 79 of Crypto Weekly. Close your eyes, listener. Let the tension wash from your shoulders, slide from your back, and relax yourself fully, for we are about to take you on a journey through the crypto news from the week. Google USS Liberty. This week in the news. <laughs> What's that about? Some upstanding members of society have been using their positions at a nuclear power plant to mine cryptocurrency for free. Craig Wright has effectively lost his case in the United States against the climate estate. Tether announced a stablecoin pegged to the yuan. And Binance to introduce lending. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, please head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly. Maybe think about supporting the show a little bit. Let's introduce the men behind the mics. We have Dr. P Money. Howdy. What are you drinking, friend? Spirits and mixers. Nothing to write home about. Absolutely gorgeous. Jordy Prince. Hello. What are you supping on, friend? I am supping on Unstellar Artois, Ken. Oh, fantastic. After Belgium. last week's dalliance with, um, admittedly, delicious beer, I've gone right back to the old Belgian classic. Belgian filtered lager. <laughs> Lovely. Mr. Crypto Beak. Bonjour, it's me, Crypto Beak. You seem to have gone pretty foreign with your drink of choice today, friend. I'm accidentally drinking <laughs> Uno Estrella from La Barcelona. That is from Barcelona in Spanish. Ooh, <laughs> very nice. Not going to be able to get that after October 31st. <laughs> I am drinking a Spanish beer myself, a San Miguel. I'm your host, Crypto Ken. <gasps> Let's get started with the news. Let's get the ball rolling this week with news that Craig Wright has effectively lost his case against the climate estate in a Floridian court. Can someone start me off by telling the listener what this case was actually about? <clears throat> so, Ken, uh, I believe this case largely revolved around access to and ownership of the roughly 1 million Bitcoin that Craig Wright and supposedly Dave Kleiman mined all those years ago. Who owns them? Who's entitled to them following the death of Mr. Kleiman? Uh, obviously, Craig Wright was claiming that he is Satoshi and therefore he owns all these. Uh, they're all his and that's that. However, we've learned today that the court sees the matter differently, Ken, with a judge making a recommendation that no less than half of the Bitcoins be sent to the estate of David Kleiman, meaning that, as you said in the intro, I don't think it's quite final yet, but this is a severe legal setback for Craig Wright. One Katie Anania, and Ananina even, on Twitter, did a sweet little rundown of the case today as it appeared blow by blow in court. I presume, was she in the courtroom at the time? I think so, yeah. Must have been. Um... And it sounds like the judge got pretty peeved off. Why am I censoring my language? This is Crypto Weekly. The judge got pretty <laughs> pissed off with Craig Wright once again and had just had enough, it seems. Yeah, so I think there have been a long sequence of events that had transpired in court that had 
that had really irritated the judge and he he's on record as saying as much because there's been a whole series of claims or things that Craig Wright has supplied to the court that experts have testified to be forgeries, fakes, inventions, all this kind of stuff. And naturally, that's going to irritate the judge. He's going to view it as a waste of his time, a waste of the court's time, so on and so forth. And it looks a bit like uh, things are, you know, coming back to roost, coming home to roost for old Mr. Wright. So not a great day for him, Ken. However, he still does have the right to appeal, I believe. So it's not over just yet. The judge himself pointed out sometimes that Craig Wright contradicts himself in front of the court, i.e. not the uh, the opposition lawyers. The judge pointed it out. He also said, um, Dr. Wright did not impress me as someone telling the truth. All testimonies have been rejected on this matter. <laughs> Blown out, right. <laughs> what a stone-cold killer. Yeah, yeah, absolute slaughter. Did you not even mention that the judge like, schooled him on a specific technological point that Craig Wright was claiming? Yeah, point 14 from Katie Ananina. I thought it was cool how the judge referred to Shamir's paper, which is a paper on um, a certain type of encryption, uh, and called Craig's bullshit on it. Craig mentioned that to decrypt the file, he needs to know the exact order of the keys, which is this blind trust thing that he'd said that had been set up. Which is not a default feature of this part, uh, this type of encryption. When uh, Mr. Craig Wright had said, or yeah, Dr. Craig Wright rather, uh, had said that it was. I see. So this is part of his whole um, multi-signature wallet. He'd line. also contradicted himself on that apparently by saying that um, there was some other means that he was getting access to the keys. It wasn't a blind trust. Oh, okay. So he contradicts himself multiple yeah. times throughout, and the judge apparently brought up three uh, different occasions that he had contradicted his own testimony, <laughs> which is pretty rough when it's not the opposition lawyer; it's not; it's just the judge <laughs> saying that. Bit of a tough one for old righty boy. Have him on. He's been unable to convince the court of ownership of these wallets, right? And he's contradicted himself constantly. Yet the the court has ruled that he needs to give half of what he's saying that he owns to this estate, even though the judge doesn't believe that he's being honest about it. So I think that, though, I think he can't prove he's Satoshi, which I think the climbing estate needs so that the climbing estate can get half of the intellectual property rights. But that is also what the judge has, has awarded to them, right? He's, he's issued half the Bitcoin and, and half of the rights of the IP. Yeah, but if he could have proven the wallet that had all Satoshi's Bitcoins in, then he wouldn't have had to give away any IP. So he's kind of in in a tricky spot, you know. Oh, so it's gone from him claiming that it's, it's solely his to the judge being it's at, le it's at it's best at least, half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, now you said uh, the problem of not telling the truth is to remember the lies that you've previously said, which apparently is some kind of Mark Twain reference, but far too stupid for that uh and dr craig is dishonest he is a serial forger has been said in american federal court now wow so it seems like you could probably say that as this uh, woman katie and nina pointed out it's probably fine to say now probably not slanderous because it's been said in federal court oh is mcnormick absolutely off the hook he was at it 
in that tweet. Yeah. So we'll find out when we go and sit in the courtroom come January. If only Young Law was here, because I'd be very interested to see how this US case affects the UK case. Yeah. And whether it's allowed to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But also it seems like, similar to, to the point P. Money was making, he's failed to prove he's Satoshi, but he's also, by this court's estimation, able to access the wallet associated with the Genesis block or whatever, which lends at least some credence to the fact that he was instrumental in the at the very start of Bitcoin. So, I don't think he can access it, though, because the whole point was he was trying to delay time because he says he's going to be able to have access to it in January of next year. Yeah, but the stuff he was talking about having access to was the coins that he and Kleiman supposedly mined together. It wasn't like Satoshi's coins. Right. It's the ones that they apparently mined some together in joint effort, and these guys wanted half of them. That was the thing. And then the IP... They gave half to him, not too sure on that, presumably because Craig Wright could prove that he's Satoshi. Right, I see. My understanding is that if they do actually get awarded the half of a Bitcoin, that immediately becomes a, a taxable event for the climate estate. Because they're, it, because they're inheriting it. Exactly. Yeah. And so they'll either have to pay whatever taxes are owed or sell to cover, but basically sell a portion of what they receive in Bitcoin in order to cover the taxes incurred as a result of inheriting it, which means that something like a third of what they inherit is going to have to be immediately sold to cover. So unless they've got $200 million in cash laying around to cover the tax, yeah. they're going to be selling. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that would be a huge sale of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands. Yes. Yeah. It's the Mt. Gox Dumpening 2.0. Mm. Hold tight, Katie Ananina. Hold tight, that judge from Florida. Not all Floridian men are mental. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's time to move on to some more exciting news, which is that some absolute mad lads in a nuclear power plant have been siphoning off some energy and mining cryptocurrency with it. They certainly have, Ken. We're over in the Ukraine... We are on the premises of a nuclear power plant that isn't even supposed to exist. What? Now, that is cool. It's a state secret, the location what? of this place. What? Yes. That is why the special intelligence service of the Ukraine arrested these however many lads. It was like three lads with a handful of ASICs in a, in a nuclear power plant. This is... They were obviously viewing plug this... plugging directly into the enriched uranium. <laughs> Yes, Ken. Um, yeah, so it doesn't sound like it was a massive operation. They've um, they listed the inventory that they seized within like a couple of sentences. It sounds like a handful of ASICs, like the extension cables. They listed all kinds of stuff, but it doesn't seem like it was um, there was warehouses full of this stuff. It was apparently all contained within one office, and you'd also have to think they'd do this surreptitiously so they couldn't just fill the floor to ceiling full of ASICs. So it doesn't sound like a major operation in terms of scale, but the seriousness comes into play when anytime you're talking about anything to do with the nuclear power industry, obviously, because, you know, everyone's falling for the radiation memes. So, like, people take this kind of stuff very, very (laughs) seriously. Not only that, Ken, but this isn't actually the first time we've seen this. Because earlier, I think it was early last year, and I'm pretty sure we covered this story as well, a couple of cheeky breekies over there in Russia did not only... did Actually, they did something far worse in their nuclear power plant because they 
<laughs> they went full cheeky breaky and attempted to take the um, air-gapped supercomputer used to control the nuclear power facility <coughs> and link it to the internet Oof. to mine Legend. cryptocurrency. Wow. What could possibly go wrong? So, I mean, lads, as someone who's always looking for an edge himself, I get it. <laughs> like, there's a supercomputer right there, and there's all these donks outside the wall with their ASICs and their ant miners that you're absolutely going to wreck. Believe you me, I get it. But come on. Did you not think that plugging a supercomputer that runs a nuclear power plant into the internet could have some adverse effects? Think about it, mate. If you get some of the ransomware, they ask for Bitcoin. Great point. Great Balances point. it out, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, next time they decide, anyone decides to do this, can you hit us up? Because we know how to run a mining operation that is isolated from the internet. In a completely legal fashion. Yes. In a video game, etc. Allegedly. <laughs> um, you don't need to plug a supercomputer into the internet for it to mine Bitcoin. Whoa, lad, that is that is breaking news. That's rather comfortable. That is a spicy one right there. It's almost like you know I feel what you're like, doing, P-Money. I feel like the Crypto Weekly inbox might be getting <laughs> absolutely inundated yeah. with a lot of emails in Russian. Yeah. Once again, Bitcoin proving that it's a net negative for the world. Poor Ukrainian boys cannot help but use what facilities they have available to them to mine crypto. Sad. Very exciting news. Following on from what the Crypto Weekly boys have been discussing over the past few weeks is that Tether have a new stablecoin and it's pegged to the Chinese Yuan, the third greatest currency in the world. Excellent pronunciation there, Ken. Thank you, friend. What, what are the other two? The, the, the greatest currency in the world is obviously the Great British Pound. One of the longest surviving currencies in the world, if not the longest, the longest, surviving, yes, the longest surviving currency in the world. Second best, Binance Coin, BNB. I was actually going to say the US dollar. Well, you know, close. Mm-hmm. The fraudulent Federal Reserve the fraudulent note. Federal Reserve note, yes. Wow. Um, and then the Chinese one. So Tether haven't got GBP. At the moment, they've got USDT, Euro T, Japanese Yen T, and the Chinese Yen has been added to it. I believe it's pronounced Yuan. I think it isn't, and I'm not <laughs> going to pronounce it like that. But yeah, it follows on from us talking about how the cheeky Chinese traders have been bringing back loads of currency, evading Chinese laws on how much foreign currency they can bring into the country by putting it into Tether, shipping it back home, selling the Tether for the local currency. Now it'll be even easier, Ken. Great, great move by Tether as well. I assume they're going to get billions more worth of um, inflows onto their balance sheet. What they're going to do with is anyone's guess, but they seem to have not fucked it so far, so that's something. Yeah, great move by them. Obviously, they've, they were, they, I guess they must have been, they could have had information that would have led them to believe or given them a heads up on how much demand there was from Chinese actors for USDT. So I guess they thought to themselves, why don't we just cut out the middleman here even though it is the peg to the second greatest currency of all time third greatest oh what you mean the us dollar i do mean the fraudulent federal reserve yes, 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 yes. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Kyle Middleman gone straight into the Yuan. Great move by Tether. From their point of view, anyway. So, another big news segment coming up. Not if, another one. Once again, the Crypto Weekly boys are bringing you absolutely <laughs> huge amounts of news fire as Binance introduce lending. Just more ways to make BNB pump. I'm assuming you're going to want to take this one, Mr. CryptoBeak. I do want to take it. Both the story and the 15% Binance are offering on BNB. It is lovely that CZ is insisting on filling your pockets with free money. He's like, please, Beak, let me make you rich. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they've got three cryptos that you're going to be able to lend. BNB, obviously. Tether, USD version of Tether obviously. And then Ethereum Classic is the third and most bizarre choice. Very strange pre-money. Um, BNB at 15%. Trying to pump the shit out of BNB. USDT 10% and ETH Classic at 7%. But that being said, there is a slight catch. This isn't unlimited amounts. So this actually is already going to go live before the podcast comes out. So, fuck you guys. Hopefully, I got on before you. 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, Wednesday the 28th Correct. of August. Uh, UTC. They've got 200,000 BNB they're ready to uh, pay 15% on. They've got some smaller, like some, I guess, similar amounts of USDT and Ethereum Classics. It's first come, first serve. These are like the teaser rates to get everyone fired up for it and to pump BNB. We'll see see whether people care about it because the, these kind of offerings, crypto doesn't really care about as much as the potential that like someone will talk at a conference or The Rock is about to tweet out about <laughs> one of them or something. They seem to not care too much about this kind of thing, but maybe it will make a difference. So tomorrow, yeah. the first 200,000 BNB that are put up yeah. are going to get accepted onto the 15% rate. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, there are 200,000 spots for lending. You can lend at 15%. Okay. And who are you lending to, Geek? Um, not sure as of yet, because it seems extremely likely that it's Binance. By the sounds of it, say. Binance that are paying this. But yeah. I think they're trying to set up the like the a market for borrowing and lending and just trying to add another piece to their business. So sort of seeding the market... I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. So if you hold BNB on Binance, there's absolutely no reason not to just slam it in here? Yeah, as far as I can tell, there seems to be yeah. no reason not to. 15%, hell of a rate. Yeah. Is that a time deposit, or do you have to commit to leave your BNB with them for a certain amount of time? Or? So I, it sounds like, when I read this, I believe it might be over two weeks, over two-week periods you lock it up for, Okay. The annualized rate is 15%. Mm. How long Binance will actually offer that 15% rate? Mm. I'm not too sure. May it, I think it sounds like you have to keep locking them up every two weeks. Okay. okay. Um, but not 100% that's, sure on that. That's still ludicrously liquid for 15%. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Is but, it paid in BNB? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe forced to purchase a little bit more BNB. Although, to be fair, I'm not getting up at 6 a.m. to sort that out tomorrow. So. <laughs> Another loss for the Ken man. <laughs> <laughs> a rare, rare loss. Yeah. Um, 
that's all the news we've got for today. However, I believe the prince wishes to shower us with a nugget of gold to finish off. Something that he's found pretty spicy this week. Correct, Ken. Quick update for our, on our old friend Patrick Byrne. You'll remember him from the various stories we've done on Overstock.com because he is their CEO, Overstock.com being the sort of like retail home furnishings firm in America that suddenly took an about turn right into the middle of crypto during the bull run, which was obviously <laughs> great for all of us. Uh, so their CEO, Patrick Byrne, the, the literal, probably the only person in the entire company who knows or gives two shits about crypto, uh, has resigned, unfortunately. He's no longer the head of um, Overstock. And I thought the reason is a little bit spicy, Ken. He came out and said that, um, well, he said all kinds of stupid ramblings in a letter that he released. <laughs> but the reason he resigned is because... He's had a three-year-long affair with Maria Butina. Now, I know that name will resonate with the vast majority of our listeners <laughs> because she is a Russian citizen currently serving an 18-month prison sentence for effectively for espionage. She was convicted of collecting intel on the National Rifle Association in the run-up to the 2016 election in America, spicy. Um, so, yeah, he's resigned on the back of this, along with revealing that he's made, apparently he's made three assists to what he calls the men in black, or what I call the deep state, Ken, three times in his life. I call the lizard people. Ken, yeah, <laughs> yeah the Ike build amongst us called the lizard people. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so he's, this is all very weird because it sounded like things are going pretty well for Overstock. They're just ticking over both Overstock and T-Zero, which is their like um, security token platform, which was one of the big pushes that into crypto that um, Patrick was making. Obviously, they've uh, both of their value has taken a bit of a knock since um, the departure of Patrick Byrne. But yeah, bit of a strange one. And I wouldn't be surprised if in future there were some more spicy revelations about this one, Ken. I can bring this back to crypto. Uh, the new CEO or interim CEO, uh, his name is Jonathan Johnson. Yes. Nice creative parents there. <laughs> uh, he has been quoted as saying in reference to crypto, uh, not only have I drunk the Kool-Aid, I'm drunk on the Kool-Aid. <laughs> How reassuring, and Jonathan. Has, and has said that basically any um, crypto projects and efforts that Overstock were were undertaking under Burn will continue under him. Okay, well, that's well. I'm not sure that's the case because Burn, in his genius slash madness, was literally ready to sell off what he what he called the retail arm of Overstock, meaning the entire fucking business. <laughs> To pursue to pursue his LARP into crypto. So I'm not quite sure whether Jonathan's going to pull the trigger on that one, whether he's quite got the minerals to follow in the path of the great man, Patrick Byrne, and do it. I'll we tell you what, if he hasn't, I can tell you one thing for sure he won't be doing, and that's fucking any Russian spies. I haven't got the balls to throw your whole business in the ditch for shitcoins. Not one Russian female spy is going to look twice at you. Agreed, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. 
But like I say, I'm I'm suspicious about basically everything to do with this story, including the allegation that Patrick Byrne had sex with a woman, because I've always thought he was a little light in the loafers myself. I'm calling it now. There's going to be some WikiLeaks are going to see some shit about this. Light right. in the loafers is the best term ever. <laughs> Like I say, this won't be the last time we we're talking about old Patrick on this podcast. I can guarantee you that, Ken. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Prince. <laughs> I would now like to move on to Mr. Beak's Market Watch. So, tough week for the old crypto lads. Total market cap down to $269 billion from $281 billion seven days ago. Bitcoin down about 5% to... 10.2k Ethereum down the same to 189 ish and basically everything's got slaughtered Monero somehow still in the top 10 despite losing 9% Stellar Cardano still 11 12 how Cardano's 12 no one knows Bitcoin SV only lost 5% despite the Craig Wright disaster uh, it's pretty interesting because earlier in the case small details seem to move Bitcoin SV a lot either way but as it's almost ended, it's like seems like the most important news so far. It's had basically no effect on the market. So maybe everyone just got bored of following it on cloud market. Litecoin steadied the ship a bit after it's done its bollocks for what seems like weeks on end since the halvening. Only down 1% this week. And that actually makes it one of the best performers in the majors. Uh, BNB got absolutely slaughtered for 10%. Now in seventh beyond Tether, despite the news of being able to get 15% on it on Binance. No one obviously gives a shit about that in crypto. Ethereum Classic, a huge winner this week. Up 20% or so over the last seven days. Mainly it seems around the Atlantis hard fork, which is coming in two weeks. And apparently allows their two EVMs to operate with each other. So up until now they've had Two EVMs that didn't quite interoperate and now they still don't exactly but they do a bit better or something and that has allowed Ethereum Classic to go up 20%. Good job. Uh, I think it makes a huge difference and I think it will dump to shit after the fork goes live so keep your eye out for that, not financial advice. In the ever hilarious biggest winners and losers category this week we have Oasis City at the top that's gained 70% this week and their website says Oasis City is a virtual reality platform that can broaden your life to another level and then in case you want to learn more it lists their phone number (laughs) now I've taken the liberty of noting down their phone number and for the first time I will now be calling them live on air and we'll see what Oasis City is all about if anything I imagine there's some kind of 24 or 7 hotline for Oasis City, being that it's a, it's a 24-7 market we operate in. The tension is unbearable. <laughs> it still, still says calling, but there is no ringtone. I'll give them one more try, so it'd be awfully disappointing if Oasis City were not able to pick up. Look, it's been a busy time for them, mate. Up seventy percent, and your website just says it's going to take it to the next level. Ringos, <laughs> have I seen anything like it? 
What? Just trying to ring them up again and give them another crack. That's a UK ringtone. Yeah. The previous but... one was American. What? It's plus six five. Where's that? I know Afghanistan is ninety three. <laughs> Classic can knowledge. That is, if there's one man, if I had to guess, you know what? Singapore. Yeah, you're right. It's had a different. Yeah. I'll tell this time. And it doesn't seem to have a. Singapore, okay. It just stops ringing. Nice one, Oasis City. Okay, so Oasis City also, be careful if you're epileptic. Go not, go back. Yes. What the fuck was that? What? I'm busy. Yeah. Oh, you managed to get through to Oasis City. I thought you were watching anime on your phone for a second (laughs) there. (laughs) No, no, no. This is the kind of exposure you can't pay for. Literally, if I raised the seat tried to pay us, we'd turn them down, so... <laughs> lucky they've got an amusingly shitty website. That's another different ringtone. Yeah, so it's weird. It's not an American one. What the fuck is going on at Oasis City? Say bonjour, it's me, Dr. P. Money. Get back to us. It sounds Korean. Yes, thank you yeah. in uh, Korean. Fuck it, that must be nice to you on the Is that what you said to all those ladies the morning after? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, it's ringing again. Have you just tried them again? Or did nope. it just start ringing? <laughs> it just started ringing again. What is happening? This is incredible. What rabbit hole are you taking us down, Oasis City? Mm, one that costs 45 pence a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be so slick. That's not a bad idea, actually. Get coin, pump it loads. I only have a number on it. I think they're just filtering out those who aren't truly interested in the project. Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, Oasis City. If you want, if you want more information on it, ring plus six five three one five seven eight eight nine three, and let us know if you manage to find anything out because that seems to be. The only way to get in contact with them. No, it's a British ringtone. Some kind of scam going on there. Used anyway, to be a British territory, old Singapore. Anyway, they're plus seventy percent this week, and in the top hundred highest market cap cryptocurrencies now. Loom, not in that prestigious club. <laughs> uh, top loser this week, well, is Agricia, which we've seen. It's of course the largest HTML five blockchain in the world. And we've seen it at the, both the top and bottom of our biggest winners and losers lists. So someone, some cheeky little devil is making a shit ton of money, scamming everyone. Um, yeah, so hold tight them, I guess. Don't buy a Grisha coin. So that's it from me. Best of luck out there. Take care, gremlins. All from me in the crypto streets. Back to you in the studio, Ken. Thanks very much, mate. While you were talking, I had a look at Singapore on a map because I was intrigued. Couldn't remember exactly where it was. Which then led me to check out Hong Kong, because another sectioned-off landmass of a larger country, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, China. Put the little Google um, Maps dude in Sai Kung East Country Park. Looks like a shithole. Don't go to Hong Kong. Ken's hot take of the day. <laughs> well, if you want to get tear gas. <laughs> also, don't want to get tear gas. If you do want a deck of copper, though. There's <laughs> well, almost you, nowhere better to go. Yeah, if you fancy <laughs> fighting the police and the Chinese state, 
heading over to yeah. Hong when, Kong. When you say copper, do you mean a, a paramilitary member of the People's Republic of Chinese Army, which is what they're sending to Hong Kong right now? Yeah, so or like, or like a member of the triads when they've <laughs> sent gang members in. Whoever the jokers with the batons are, I see him get regularly panelled by some random <laughs> fat little bastard. It's happening. I've seen loads of videos on Twitter them pushing some girl over and some fucking anime watching pleb comes and drops it. Fucking <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know who they're hiring over there. They call frontliners all these guys that put on body armour and then go and like squirt out the tear gas with water and deck police officers. Oh, yeah, hold tight those guys. Apparently protecting the rest of the protesters to show their democratic right to be violent. Legend. Thanks for the market watch, Mr. Beak. No problem. That now brings us to the end of the show because we don't have a deep dive for you listener because you don't deserve one and Oasis City didn't pick up and Oasis City didn't pick up <laughs> yeah. um, we did put a lot of our hopes and dreams on Oasis City picking up and that being amusing but unfortunately didn't didn't pay off this time but maybe we'll get someone on the line one of these days and it will all be fine so good night listener we've been sounded and visited by Dr. P Money this week. Yep, uh, I won't be here next week. You can catch me on the Twitters at Dr. P Money. Mr. Geordie Prince. It's me, the Geordie Prince, and you can follow me on Twitter.com at HRH Geordie P. That's at HRH G E O R D I E P. Many, many thanks. Mr. Crypto Beak. Bonjour, it's me, Crypto Beak. You can find me being mean to your favourite influencer at twitter.com forward slash crypto underscore beak. Mr. Bitcoin Buble could not be with us this evening, but you can follow him on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore Buble. I have been your host, Crypto Ken. Follow me on Twitter at Crypto Ken Can. We have been Crypto Weekly. You have been informed and you are oh so very welcome, listener. Good night.